Okay, so let's turn to James chapter 3. So Alice very beautifully um, talked about the first half of James chapter 3, so now we're going to look at 13, verses 13 to the end of the chapter, 13 to 18. So we'll read that now. It's about wisdom. Uh, just Levi. Obviously loves Maddie. <laughs> um, yeah, so James chapter 3. It's about wisdom. And um, James introduced the topic of wisdom in um, chapter 1, verse 5, where it says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. So now he's come back and he's talking about wisdom again. So from verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So, I'm gonna, I've got four sections this morning. The first and third sections, you are going to help me. And you're going to start to help me right now because I want you to shout out what is this mysterious thing, wisdom, that we're um, reading about. So, oh, I thought you were going to put your hand up there, Nazim. No. Yes, Kim. Sorry? The application of knowledge. Some people think knowledge is wisdom, but um, you can know things, but just ignore, you're not act on them or do them, so, so knowledge isn't quite sufficient. Um, Thomas? Doing the right thing or knowing to do the right thing, yeah? Anyone else? Gail? Or of God. Ah, that's a good one, I like it. Uh, yes, Nazim? Understanding the experiences, understanding the experiences. Yeah, Paul. Yes, good. Understanding how things turn out rather than just the way you think they'll turn out. Yeah, well, this is what Socrates had to say about wisdom. True wisdom comes to each of us when we realize how little we understand about life, ourselves, and the world around us. So that's given us a little bit of a, a seed of what wisdom is. Obviously, um, we're not, he wasn't um, uh, full of the Holy Spirit and saying that, but he was, um, his understanding was that you have to realize that 
is much bigger than, than what you are. Spurgeon said this. He said it regarding discernment, which I would consider to be part of wisdom. Discernment is not so much knowing the difference between right and wrong. It is in knowing the difference between right and almost right. That is very good, isn't it? So, for example, when Joshua was, um, the, the people of Gib Gibeon came, they had dressed up, pretended they'd been traveling for miles and miles and miles, and um, they, were, they were basically asking for help. Um, Joshua looked at the situation and thought, oh, well, we better help these people. But he didn't consult God because he actually made a mistake. In fact, I think, as far as I know, that's the only mistake recorded that Joshua actually made um, because they were actually pretending. And he actually sort of went into a covenant with them, which, which God had actually said they weren't to do. So um, it, it looked good. And Peter, Peter um, said, um, when Jesus was talking about going to the cross, Peter said, oh, no, you mustn't do that. That mustn't happen. And, and of course, it, he thought that looked the right thing to say. But it wasn't, actually. It was almost right, but it wasn't right. And um, there's similar situations that we see. So, so application of knowledge. Um, what we've got to realize is that the, what the world calls wisdom is not um, what God calls wisdom. And um, I've got a little bit from um, 1 Corinthians here. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us that are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. The foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. So God turns it all upside down, doesn't he? So, back to um, the beginning there. Verse 13. Let's have a look at verse 13. So, chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? I could have actually said that over you. In fact, I will. Who is wise and understanding among you? I wouldn't dare uh, put my hand up. Because... The more I learn, the more I find I don't know. I'll give you an example. I've been leading worship for years and years and years. And I still keep coming to God and say, God, teach me how to lead worship. Because I don't really feel it, so I know how to do it. And it's a bit like that. It's that situation. The wiser you get, the more you realize that you don't know so many things. So, there's two things that we notice in um, verse 13. And one is this, that James is back to his own challenging way. Remember, we're talking about faith. It's like, imagine James has got all these people. If you go back to verse 1 of chapter 3, it talks about people presuming to be leaders, right, who want to be leaders. So let's imagine this is him talking about these leaders. He's, let's imagine he's got all these spiritual leaders in front of him. And he'll say, show me your faith. And then he says... And what's coming out of your mouth? That's what Alice was talking about last night, your tongue. What's coming out of your mouth? It's like punches in the gut, isn't it? You think you're spiritual in tone. Suddenly you think, well, actually, what actions are my faith producing? And what's coming out of my mouth? And now 
here we've got wisdom. You think you're wise. And then he said, um, let's go. Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. So straight away, there he is again into the fruit of your life. Now, this word here that says good life is actually the Greek word kalos, K-A-L-O-S. It actually would be better translated as beautiful life. And um, different versions say good life, good conduct. I'm just trying to find where my quote is. I like what the Passion Translation says here. It says, if you consider yourselves to be wise and one who understands the ways of God, advertise it with a beautiful, fruitful life, guided by wisdom's gentleness. So there we are again. We're into fruit. It's like James is saying, um, he's pulling down all the people who think that they're good and they're clever and that they've got it all right. He's saying, have you got all this fruit going on in your life? Is it, is it really coming through? It's a bit like doing an exam and you do all the cramming for the exam and then um, what you find is actually you need to know more than just the facts. It's like, it's like you cannot cheat on this area. You cannot cheat. It's like your life shows what's going on. You can't. There's no, there's no way around it. It has to be you and God living together, growing together, the fruit of the Holy Spirit coming out of your life. So then he says about humility. And I've got a, I've got a quote from our friend Douglas Moo here. That's three sermons on James and three quotes from Douglas Moo. This is what he says. He's a professor of the New Testament, in case you wondered who on earth Douglas Moo is. Meekness or humility comes from understanding our position as sinful creatures in relationship to the glorious and majestic God. So if you're wise and you know about God, you understand about God, then you'll know that you don't know anything really. And uh, you can't be anything else but humble before God because he, he shows you what you don't know. And he shows that you, you really don't know a lot at all. So humility should be coming from wise people. And I always think um, if you're a wise person um, and you are crass and you're, you're annoying, and I just think, well, they're not really that wise because they just don't understand very much about life. You know what I mean? You get these people who are coming on saying they're wise about this and that, but in fact, their lives don't demonstrate that at all. So, we've got this whole thing of the fruit of our life coming through, proving that we, we are wise. So that's verse 13. And um, now we're going to go on, and this is going to be where you help me. Oh, by the way, I haven't said C.S. Lewis. I have to have a quote by him too. As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. This is um, from mere Christianity, I believe. As long as you're proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. All right, so you're always looking down, so you don't ever look up to see God. So humility is an essential part of, um, of wisdom. 
So we've already decided that wisdom is the application of knowledge. Um, and um, Gail touched on the fact that wisdom was to do with awe of God. And that's, that really comes from a, verb, a verse in Proverbs where it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So that's where Gail's coming from. But um, in, um, in Proverbs, Proverbs is a book of wisdom. So we have to refer to Proverbs when we're talking about wisdom. In Proverbs, this is, um, this is from chapter 4. This is actually Solomon talking and he's saying, this is what my father taught me, right? So Solomon's telling us what his father David taught him. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Pretty clear, isn't it? Though it cost you all you have, get understanding, cherish her, and she will exalt you, embrace her, and she will honor you. And in Proverbs, actually wisdom is personified as a person. And uh, basically saying, I was there at the beginning when things were created. I was there. And it's like wisdom's God. It's like, you know, it's just another part of God. You could say God is wisdom, just like we say God is love. It's the same thing. Wisdom's part of God. And the, the, the thing from Proverbs is, get wisdom, get it. All right, so now this is going to be your part. Have we got that thing that I um, put down? So what I want you to do is I want you to be in twos and threes, just where you're sitting, and, um, so that you don't go to sleep. By the way, someone went to sleep in the soaking session last night. Now, it's all right going to sleep, but when you snore at the same time as you go to sleep, Every time the piano went down low, feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit. And what did I say that for? <laughs> Don't fall asleep, that's right. Thank you, Adam. Phew. Right, so this is what you're going to do. In James 3, um, 38, we see two kinds of wisdom. So basically what I want you to do is to talk to your neighbor and decide what do they look like, the two kinds of wisdom. Where do they come from? Because it tells us very clearly where they come from. And what do they accomplish? Anyone got any problem with that? No? All right, off you go then. Okay, first question. Where do the two kinds of wisdom come from? Tim. Earthly and spiritual, or demonic and heavenly, I guess. Yeah. From earthly and from the heavenly. Anyone else got anything else? Yeah, it's straightforward. There's a heavenly wisdom and an earthly wisdom, yeah? Yeah, from God, from the human heart. Good. Secondly, what do they look like? Humility. Humility. The good one has that list in verse 17. Yes, verse 17 has got a list of all the, the good things, yeah? What about the bad one? What does that look like? Or we'll call it the earthly one. Verse Sorry? Verse 14. Verse 14, yes. Exactly. Demonic. It actually is the only place in the New Testament where the word demonic is used in that way. It uh, literally means of the devil. Of the devil. Yeah? Any more? Any more you want to say about what does it look like? Every evil practice. Every evil practice, yeah. 
selfish. So it's quite bad, isn't it? The bad's quite bad, and the good's very good. All right, the third one, what do they accomplish? Come on, Sam, have you got an answer to that? Ah, I've caught him out there. Verse 16. Verse 16. Sorry, sorry, verse 17. Yeah. And the demonic one accomplishes uh, 16 Disorder. and 16. Verse 16, yeah. Disorder and every evil practice. That's what earthly wisdom accomplishes. And um, as we see in government, we uh, see a lot of disorder, don't we? And all sorts of trouble. Yes, Thomas? I was going to say 18, where he talks about the heart of righteousness. I think that's what this one. Yes, yeah. 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 Or what their salary or like lots of things. So there are lots of things that people don't have and say, oh, look, FD was a good boss. Yes. Good thing. Yes. Um, it's not that it's necessarily things that um, yeah. people replace FD for. Yeah. Mm. So basically, the verse I read from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 was basically saying that God's turned everything upside down. So we've now got God's principles opposite to what the world's principles are. So I would like you to give me some examples of how God's principles are upside down to the world's principles. We'll let Tim start, because he's good at this sort of thing. Humility. <coughs> Humility. Against pride. Mm. Yeah, so if you want to be the first, you have to be the last, don't you? Politicians never say sorry. They never take fault. Very good. It's an axiom of politics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Never say you're wrong. That's good. Anything else? Love your enemies, exactly. And um, self promotion against esteeming others better than yourself. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Turn the other cheek. Turning the other cheek, that's right. Not not responding in like, yeah. So there's there's many, many, many ways where everything is just upside down. God's wisdom says do this. And when Jesus came, of course, he turned everything upside down too, didn't he? He uh, he um his Teaching was just, they didn't understand it. So it says that the Greeks wanted wisdom and the Jews were looking for a sign and um, it says that the, 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 the cross was foolishness to the Greeks and it was a stumbling block to the Jews. Um, it was almost like he was trying to frustrate, well it says I will frustrate the wisdom of the intelligent, the intelligence of the intelligent. Okay, here's an example of um, special wisdom. Two women come with one baby. You know the story, don't you? Two women come with one baby. They both had a baby out of wedlock. Both babies were born within a couple of days. And in the night, one of the ladies rolls over and suffocates one of her babies. Well, suffocates a baby. So she um, sees it's dead and then she swaps it for the other lady's baby. So they both go to Solomon and say, here they are, um, this is my baby. She says, this is my baby, this, no, it's my baby. So this is where you need special wisdom, don't you? Even the application of knowledge is not really going to help you very well there, is it? You can go through the circumstances. Yes, sorry, beg your pardon. So what did Solomon say? He said, bring me a sword and let me cut the baby in half. You think, whoa, that's pretty uh, radical. 
but it had the effect that the woman whose baby it was said, no, 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 let the other lady have the baby. Because, and then, of course, that was how it was worked out. I would say that was supernatural wisdom. Supernatural wisdom. Jesus demonstrated supernatural wisdom. Um, like Alice said last night, she read about the denarius. Um, and they said, who, do we pay taxes or do we not? And, and Jesus said, whose head is this on this coin? Pay that to, who, to, who he's, to what's due to him. And pay to God what's due to God. So that was supernatural wisdom, and Jesus demonstrated it all of the time. Okay, so, so really, this passage is just about wisdom. I mean, that's the, the top and bottom of it. But again, it's the same theme, the fruit of your life. And um, if you are saying you are wise, then you're saying that you have a, a fruit of a beautiful life. Um, so you have to be very careful about that. In fact, it's a bit like someone saying, I am now reached the state of being humble. You see, you've just completely destroyed what you've said because you wouldn't say that, would you? You would, be, um, you would just be tucking in, going along. You wouldn't say, I am now humble because you would, um, your, your life would demonstrate. And you see a humble man like Paul Robbins, one of the most humble men I know, he, um, he doesn't trumpet anything about himself at all. And um, that's the thing about wisdom. A wise man will not say, a truly wise man will not say, I'm wise. He won't promote himself, but he'll be humble. So that's what this is saying to us. Um, so finally, I want us to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, because this gives us a little bit more insight into the kind of wisdom that comes from heaven. And while you're finding it, I'll just read what it says in Proverbs um, 8. It says, it's talking about wisdom, talking about wisdom, and it says, Blessed is the man who watches daily at my doors. Blessed is the man who watches daily at my doors. That's how, um, that's how important Solomon is saying about wisdom. It's, it's a blessing when you wait, you look for wisdom. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to read from verse, verse um, 10. The Spirit searches, this is the second half of the verse, the Spirit searches all things, even the very deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Everything, sorry, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. And then it talks about the other kind of wisdom. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. That's why the cross is foolishness. It's like a stumbling block to people who think they're wise. 
It just seems like foolishness for God to send his son to die on a cross. It just seems utter foolishness. They cannot grasp the, the cross. It's the power of God in the cross of Jesus. And the more I am going with God, the more important the cross is to me. And daily I'm lifting up the cross of Jesus Christ, the, the work of the cross, bringing it between me and all of the attacks of the enemy because, because the total victory was won on the cross. It's just so important for us to appreciate that's where it all happens, at the cross. Um, so what do we want to say about this? Well, I want to big up the Holy Spirit. I've grown to love the Holy Spirit, to treasure the Holy Spirit, to honor him. And um, the real wisdom that we're talking about today is Holy Spirit-inspired wisdom. It's not us trying to do well, but it's allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us. And that is where the fruit comes from as well, isn't it? It's all one thing. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us. Let's look at what it says here. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. True wisdom is understanding the thoughts of God. It makes me think of that song that we sang. Um, God, I look to you. And it says, give me vision. What does it say after that? Give me vision to see things like you do. That's, that's wisdom. Then it says, give me, give me wisdom. And it's, you know what to do. So really, we've now moved away from the knowledge and the application of knowledge. We've now moved to understanding what God wants. What God wants. What God would do in the situation you know, I used to, I've got a tie that says WWJD on it. Do you know what that means? What would Jesus do? Yeah. And um, that is what we're talking about, that kind of wisdom. What would Jesus do? So the Spirit of God is the only one who knows the thoughts of God. Well, the Spirit of God is God. Um, and the, it says this, um, in verse 12, it says, that we may understand what God has freely given us. That's part of wisdom. And then it says that we would speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. And then it says in um, verse 14, when it's talking about the, the other kind of wisdom, it says, the things are spiritually discerned spiritually discerned so really what we're looking at is it's wisdom but as you look round it and you dig round it it's basically the working of the spirit of God helping us to understand the things of God and the spirit of God bringing the fruit both in our the way we speak our tongue, and um, the way our faith operates. Now, Steve Dawson, you just tell me, please, what you said again about faith. Faith is 
akcji. Our active response to the revealed word of God. So faith is not belief, it's an active response. You know, many times I've, I've um, prayed with someone and uh, we've asked God for something and then we finish praying and then within a few seconds they've actually said something which, which actually sort of confirms that they don't really believe that what they've prayed for is going to happen. Say they're praying for healing and they say something about going to the doctor or something like that. And um, the faith is, is, is the belief, but it's, it's how you act upon it and what you speak about it afterwards. It's your action. And um, it's, it's the faith, it's the, the tongue, and it's the wisdom. And it's all the same thing. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you, do you love the Holy Spirit? The more I learn about the Holy Spirit, the more I love him. Um, I feel as though the Holy Spirit is a great lover, a great lover, a great friend. And I feel as though the message from this that God wants to leave with us is this. Get to know the Holy Spirit better and to walk with the Holy Spirit and, um, and you will start to become wise. Your, your tongue will become controlled and your faith will become active because it's the working of the Holy Spirit. My favorite verse in the Old Testament, anyone like to guess what it is? To do with the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's a nice one. But um, no, it's, it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit. So it's, if I, as I get up here to speak today, I know it's not by my might, it's by the Spirit. That's part of the wisdom God's given me. He's helped me to see the Holy Spirit has revealed a truth to me that it's not me, but it's what I allow him to flow through me. Yesterday when we did the Sorgan worship, do you know what I did? I spent an hour lying on the floor before the Sorgan worship because I knew that if I'm going to be ministering and letting people um, receive from God as, we're, as I'm leading, as I'm worshiping, um, it's no good if I'm, if I'm not filled, then I, I, I'll be working from empty. And working from empty is a really uncomfortable place to be. It's not nice at all. So it's, just, it's, the, it's understanding the working of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and really, James, all James is doing is pointing out um, discrepancies that highlight that we're not working with the Holy Spirit. Right? He's pointing out these things, and he's being very practical. He's like, he's popping balloons, and he's saying, this is what it's all about. All right? He doesn't actually say it exactly like that, but to me, that's, that's what God, I feel God wants to say to us. And I'm going to finish with verses from Proverbs. From Proverbs chapter 2, you might want to turn to it. Proverbs, just after Psalms. Proverbs. Chapter 2. This is called The Moral Benefits of Wisdom. That's, a, that's the title I've got in my Bible anyway. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 to 6. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, 
So we're looking at verbs here. Accept in my words. Storing up. You know the, you know the, verb, the, the verse where it says, if you store, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Turning your ear to wisdom. Applying your heart to understanding. And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. That's just a, a, an example for us to go after the true spiritual wisdom. Go after the true spiritual wisdom. And if you want to know how to get wisdom, James tells us in one, chapter 1, verse 5, what does it say? Ask him. If you lack wisdom, ask him. Another way to get wisdom would be to steep yourself in the word of God. Because the word of God is all God's thoughts. And if you steep yourself in God's thoughts, then you come into a situation and God's thoughts come into your mind. And the third way would be to learn the fear of the Lord, because the fear of the Lord is beginning the wisdom. We could have a whole session on the fear of the Lord. It's a difficult thing to understand, but basically revering God, revering him, and, and understanding that he's, that he's a consuming fire. It's not a tame God, but it's revering God. And that's um, learning the fear of the Lord so that we, we, um, it's a beginning of wisdom.